You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode number 49, Practicing New Thoughts. Well, hello, hello, my dear friends. How are you today? You guys, I am so excited to be here with another episode of the Fitness Matters Podcast, where every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you, because this one matters. Yes, I'm singing already. You know, it's going to be a good episode if I'm singing in like the first 30 seconds, you guys. Okay, let me tell you, you remember last week when we talked about dealing with cravings, how I said, okay, I had this question and it totally bumped everything else from the roster. I had another episode that was already recorded and ready to go. Yeah, I've bumped it again. Today is... It's kind of an unintentional companion piece, but it's really interesting because after I had last week's question and was really mulling that over, I actually had another situation going on in the Get Your Goal group that I've been thinking about even longer than the dealing with craving situation. And I didn't have an especially good way of explaining what it is I was thinking about. And yet weirdly, Having done last week's episode, which I'm going to continue to reference, and just in case you didn't listen to it, it's episode number 48, Dealing with Cravings. It's not like one of those things where if you don't listen to that, you won't understand this because I am actually going to kind of give you some background. It just, it laid the foundation in a way that I, it helped me create this kind of new thought for myself. And it was amazing to me that these things were actually honestly, dissimilar in a lot of ways. This episode has nothing to do with cravings at all, but it has everything to do with practicing a new thought that maybe doesn't feel believable just yet. And that is related to cravings, but it's also related to any thought you have about anything that you'd like to change but you're really struggling with coming up with something new and different. Now, here's why this is related. Last week when we talked about dealing with cravings, I explained that cravings are actually just a feeling that are brought on by a thought. Like, I know that's kind of mind-blowing. Again, if you want to hear more about that, if you are struggling with cravings, I strongly suggest that you listen to the whole episode. But here's the thing about why cravings really specifically feel so much stronger than other thoughts that we have. They feel so much more difficult. They feel like true beliefs. They feel true. They have such a, such a hold on us sometimes. And the reason is because they have so much emotion behind them. That urge behind it is truly related to survival in so many ways because we do have to eat to survive. The urge to eat is very strong within us. And so then when we have a thought about a particular kind of eating, the emotion behind it, the urge, the feeling of desire to eat can feel very strong. Those two things put together can make a belief that you have. And here's the thing that I talked about last week, and this is the crux of what we're talking about today. This is the thought model that really made today's episode so much clearer to me. When you have a belief 
it is exactly like a tooth. And we talked about how getting getting under this this old thought that you have is like pulling a tooth. You just kind of pull up and wiggle. You pull up and wiggle. You pull up and wiggle. And I was thinking a lot about that tooth analogy about how the top of your tooth, you know, above the gum line, the part that you can see, the part that you think of as your tooth, that's like a thought that you have. You know, it's very practical. It not always logical, certainly, but it's something that you can kind of see and get a pair of pliers around. But the root underneath goes much, much deeper down into the gum and sometimes even starts to fuse with your jawbones in the case of like wisdom teeth and weird stuff like that. But anyways, the roots are like the emotions, the feelings that hold that tooth in place. So when you're trying to pull up an old thought, one of the best things that you can do is actually dissolve the roots. And we talked about this, the best way to to keep wiggling at that tooth and get up underneath it and get it out of your, your gums is to kind of get underneath it with some logic. Ask your feelings questions. Your feelings hate questions, by the way, just so you know. One of the best ways to I'm going to say get some mastery over your emotions, but I don't love the way that sounds because the goal actually isn't to control your emotions. It's simply to understand them and feel them rather than being afraid of them. But I guess that's what I mean by mastery is to stop fearing your emotions. The best way to get some mastery over your emotions is to Take a look at them, like put them under a microscope, ask them questions, feel how they feel and pay attention with your logical brain to what's going on with your less than logical brain, your feeling brain. When you can master your emotions like that, you can actually kind of dissolve them. They are less strong because you have put language on them, because you have put them under a microscope, because you have asked them some questions and examined them a little bit more and made them more familiar to you. That is one of the best ways to dissolve the root of a belief. And today, we're going to continue with this tooth analogy because this is the real problem with practicing new thoughts. They don't have roots yet. This is, I'm going to go on just like a teeny tiny bit of not even really a rant. I'm just going to tell you my opinion that tends to get heated (laughs) because my opinions are, this is my opinion about affirmations. When I first came to this, this work, this self-development mindset kind of work, I used to listen to affirmations all the time. And I was so frustrated at how they didn't work. Like it was, it was super annoying to me that all day, every day, I mean, obviously not really, but you know, my exaggerating brain tries to tell me all day, every day, I was listening to these affirmations. I'm so happy and grateful for all of the abundance that I have in the world. Stuff like that. And that is unfortunately what a lot of affirmations sound like. And this is, this is the other half of my problem with affirmations is that they are so corny that they are unbelievable. But, but that was the crux of it. They were unbelievable. And here's the thing that I've noticed with my own experience with affirmations. When you, when I was trying to think this new thought, 
I would, you know, the, the new affirmation of I'm so happy and grateful for all the abundance I have in my life. And there was a part of my brain every time I would hear that sentence that was like, this is absolute BS. <laughs> it, was, it was like, this is absolutely untrue. I'm not happy. I'm not grateful. I have no abundance. And what I was doing was actually confirming the exact opposite of the affirmation because my brain was actually spending a lot of time like arguing with the affirmation. (laughs) I was doing the exact opposite of what the affirmations were promising me. And this can be really difficult. Here was the thing. Let's go to this tooth analogy. I had a lot of emotion around my my belief that I didn't have any abundance, that I was neither happy nor grateful. I had a lot of angst and fear and worry about money specifically. I, I, I know that I've mentioned this to you before, but just in case this is your first podcast, I came to self-development work looking to fix my money mindset. I had a lot of scarcity. I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of self-doubt, a lot of all kinds of very negative and unhelpful thoughts and feelings regarding money. And they were very strong. They were very deep and they were very emotional. I had embarrassment about money. I had shame about money. I had disappointment about money. I don't think I had any anger necessarily, but I had some strong emotions about money that kept those thoughts very deeply rooted in my gums. So the step one about practicing new thoughts is simply to dissolve the root of the old thought. But here's the thing about installing a new thought. Think about it as though you are getting not dentures, but can't think of the name of the kind of fake tooth that they install by literally installing like this deep root It'll come to me some other time. You probably know, and I know you know the procedure that I'm talking about, so I'm going to continue on with it. When you are putting in a new fake tooth, you don't just place a tooth on top of the gums. You have to actually create some kind of root. Now, my mom actually has a fake tooth. She fell a couple of years ago now and knocked out one of her front teeth. And so she got what they call a flipper, if you've ever watched. Is it like pageant moms or dance moms or toddlers and tiaras. One of those shows where they talk about flippers all the time, the little, the little fake teeth that you put in. It's a retainer that has like one or two or three fake teeth. My husband actually has one too. He's got a permanent bridge now. Um, but my husband weirdly was born without a couple of teeth. And so he has a, again, now he's got a bridge. So that is, that is probably what I'm talking about, about installing. No, but anyway, anyway, you know what? I'm going to stop talking about tooth procedures that I don't understand because I know you know what I'm saying about needing roots underneath it. And here's how you grow roots with your new thought. You create feelings. You create the strongest positive emotion that you can with the new thought. This is the glue, 
that is going to hold the new thought in place while it is growing its own roots and becoming a belief. If you don't have at least, at least a mild to moderate feeling behind your new thought, it simply can't do anything. It's just a thought blowing around in the wind. It's not going to be able to chew on meat. That's for sure. It's going to sit in your mouth and then you're going to accidentally swallow it and you'll never think it again. Simply practicing a new thought over and over without attaching emotions to it isn't very effective. I'm going to tell you a story, you guys, and here's why this tooth analogy is so appropriate for today. I've been practicing a new thought and I'm super embarrassed to tell you about it, but I'm going to anyway because it's so related that I'm really excited to be able to tell you about it. And this is actually what happened. This is, this was the bridge that sparked my ability to come up with this thought model for you. When I was talking last week about pulling teeth, I had this visual of pulling out my invisible retainer aligners. I'm straightening my teeth right now. I've talked about this, I think maybe one time in the live Q&A that I do over in the Killer Beehive, my private Facebook group each week. And I I was talking about how I was straightening my teeth and how I have, they're not, um, they're not the name brand. Um, I'm going through Smile Direct Club. And so, so it's not, it's not the one that's really easy to say. They are invisible aligners. <laughs> and, and I don't know why I'm being so careful about that because it's not like this podcast is sponsored. Although if you know anybody from Smile Direct Club, I would love to be sponsored because I'm so happy with my new smile. But so here's the thing. When, if you've ever, if you've ever done the clear aligners, oh my gosh, they are so tight on your teeth. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to wear them 22, or two, yeah, 22 hours a day. But I can't talk with them still. I've been doing this for three months now. I can still barely talk with them. There's no way I would be recording a podcast or filming my videos with them in because they're very tight on my teeth. And every time I pull them out, I have this deep fear that I'm going to pull out one of my teeth. Like it totally freaks me out. And so I was thinking about how the aligners are super tight and how, you know, I wiggle them to get them out and how I fear pulling out an old tooth. But The thing about my new smile is that I love it. I had no idea how, well, first of all, how crooked my teeth actually were. Like I knew they were crooked and I knew that I had like some self-consciousness about my teeth. The reason I ended up deciding to straighten my teeth is because it was actually a really practical reason. I have had a difficult time taking stills for my thumbnails basically since forever. Like I've been trying to find a place in my house that has the right kind of lighting and the most plain background so that I can do a cutout because I'm not good at Photoshop. I actually don't use Photoshop. I use um, a service called Canva. It's an online like photo manipulation thing. It'll, it can, I mean, it's very limited, but it can cut out backgrounds. And so I'm trying to find a place in my house that has a nice clear background. And the place in my house that has a clear background has a particular form of lighting that hit one of my crooked teeth in a way 
that made it look like it was missing in certain photographs. It just, it created this deep shadow on the side of my tooth that looked like I was actually missing that tooth. And it bothered me constantly that I would have this, in my opinion, otherwise perfectly lovely photograph. And then my smile looked like I was missing a tooth. I didn't care for that. I was very self-conscious about it. And here's the thing. I've never, I've never necessarily thought of myself as like ugly, but I've also never really thought of myself as pretty either. Growing up, my sister was the pretty sister. I mean, that was that was the thing. She was the pretty one. I was the smart one, which is kind of ironic because I wasn't really all that smart. I was book smart. Like, I, my sister could not spell to save her life. She was very, very logical. She was very smart and savvy about things, but she wasn't necessarily like book smart. So when we were in school, I was you know, I got better grades. I was better at school. So she was the pretty sister. I was the smart sister. So I never really, I never really thought about my looks very much. And even now getting older, like getting wrinkles, my hair turning gray, it kind of doesn't bother me because I've never placed a lot of stock in being pretty. I, I never really thought about it. And I'm sure when I was younger, I'm sure as a teenager, I probably, you know, sat and looked in the mirror and picked my face apart. I'm sure I thought I was ugly, but it never, like, that's not like a lifelong thing. I, I never really, never really thought very much about my face at all, honestly. But because I do photograph myself and video myself for a living and then manipulate those images so that I can look as good as I can, you know, to try to be attractive and show you that, hey, exercising makes you feel good kind of a thing. So, so I do think about my face more often now than I think I have since I was probably, you know, a teenager. And I've noticed that as my teeth are straightening, that I'm really enjoying how straight they are and how pretty my smile is. And I had this thought a couple of weeks ago now, probably even two months ago now, where I, you know, I was pulling out my aligners and I was kind of checking on my teeth. And the only way to check on your teeth, you know, to see how straight they are is to kind of smile at yourself. And I had this thought that totally popped into my head without trying to make it appear was, I have a really pretty smile now. And I was so excited about that. And it was like, I've never really thought that about myself, except maybe, I mean, I had braces when I was a teenager, like most of us did. So probably when I first had straight teeth, you know, 30 plus years ago, I probably thought it back then, but I haven't really thought that since my teeth have been starting to get crooked basically ever since because I did not wear my retainer. So, so I had that thought about, oh my gosh, my smile is so pretty. And it was so odd that it really kind of stuck out to me. Like I heard that thought very clearly in my mind and I was like, wow, that was weird. And so I thought about practicing it. Like it was a nice thought. It made me feel really happy, really good about myself. And it was like, well, I wonder if I could, I wonder if I could practice that. And so every time I take out my liners or put them in, I kind of smile at myself and I think I have a really pretty smile. And I had done that a couple of times and it was a very easy thought because it made me very happy. I was smiling while I was thinking it. And after I thought it a couple of times, I decided to try an experiment. 
I decided to see if I could think to myself, I am so pretty. And this is what I'm embarrassed to tell you because that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, right? Like, like how vain is that, right? And, and at the time I had lots of evidence. I'm not pretty. Come on. Come on. I'm not the pretty sister. My face is just my face. It's, I mean, you know, it's got wrinkles. I don't really have much of a chin. Ah, it's a weird thought, but I've been practicing it because it feels really lovely to tell myself I'm pretty. It wasn't believable at first, so I had to, you see where I'm going with this, I had to dig up some old thoughts. I had to figure out what is it exactly that I have thought about myself and where where are the emotions attached to those thoughts. It turns out, honestly, like I said, I never really thought about my face all that much. So there wasn't a ton of like negative emotion. I've had people call me ugly, but I don't, I I really honestly don't think I'm ugly. Like there was no, there was no deep pain from being called ugly because I don't think I'm ugly, but I also didn't really think I was pretty. So, so I was a very neutral kind of feeling. I didn't have anything especially strong. I dug up some thoughts about what it would take to be pretty. I dug up some feelings and some thoughts about what does it take to call yourself pretty? What would that mean? What does that say about me? Did some journaling about it. Nothing, nothing too deep or unpleasant came up. So, so dissolving the roots of the old thought about I can't be pretty wasn't especially hard. And now every day, every time I come into my bathroom to do anything, to take a shower, to go to the bathroom, to brush my teeth, to take in or put out my aligners, anything. So I'm going to say at least a dozen times a day when I walk in. In fact, even when I walk in to get something in or out of the closet. So when I'm putting on shoes, when I'm taking off my shoes, so probably more than a dozen, I'm going to say maybe 20-ish times a day, I look in the mirror I smile at myself and I say out loud or think, depending on who's around, I am so pretty. And the thing is, smiling at myself is what is creating that feeling, those deep roots that are helping this thought stick. Smiling at yourself is really amazing. Have you ever done this? I mean, this is like the simplest trick in the world. Smile at yourself in the mirror you'll feel happy. Maybe not like, woohoo, I'm so excited. The world is the best place to be. La la la, kind of happy. But like, hey, somebody's smiling at me. That's so cool. <laughs> I mean, again, I know this sounds ridiculous, but we are hardwired for this. One of the things, one of the first things that babies learn how to do is smile. Smiling is so central to who we are as human beings. It is a universally recognized thing. And I know that it's really different in like the animal world, which is why it's super weird that it is so important to us as humans to smile. But, but we do and we all recognize it as a happy, positive emotion. It's really easy to feel that little tiny boost of, Hey, I'm happy from a smile. And, and I am still very excited to see my new teeth. And I'm very excited now about possibly thinking about myself as pretty. <laughs> like, like it's very exciting. 
I could, I could think of myself as pretty? Huh, how about that? So I have these emotional roots that are really helping this thought sink in. It's becoming very easy to think. I practice it a lot, as I mentioned, probably upwards of 20 times a day. So I'm practicing it a lot. I'm attaching that that emotional component to it that makes it feel more anchored and more real. Now, how long will it take before this is a completely automatic thought? I have no idea. It's starting to feel automatic already, and I'm going to say I've been practicing it for a couple of months. This will be different for different thoughts. For an old thought that you have that has a lot of emotional drama around it, you're, you might have to work a little bit harder to dig up and dissolve those old emotions with logic and with questions. But I'm going to really encourage you when you're practicing the new thoughts to think about what emotion you are attaching to your new thought. Because if you are simply going through the motions and trying to think this new thought, I'm beautiful, I have an amazing body, not really going to do a lot of sticking unless you've got some positive emotion around it. So what is it that you can say to yourself that feels, and I mean that really, feels positive, good, believable, maybe happy, exciting, some kind of positive emotion that you can really get behind, that you can really let yourself feel for five seconds. I mean, even as brief as five seconds at a time is going to anchor your new thought so much more significantly than simply practicing that thought, like thinking it just like, here we go. I'm reading it off of a list. It's my, it's my checklist task for the day to just practice thinking this thought. And in that vein, just so you know, when you are simply practicing a thought to practice it, like for the sake of practicing it, what kind of emotion does that dig up in you? To me just now, like even thinking about that, I was like, ugh, it's a chore. (laughs) You might be unintentionally doing that same thing that I was doing with the affirmations. You might be unintentionally attaching a very mild, that's why you might not notice it, a very mild negative emotion to this new thought that you're trying to practice. Pay attention to what the new thought feels like. If it doesn't feel good, you're not going to get anything good out of it. It's a nice little rule of thumb. If you don't feel good, don't use it. It's not helpful. It's not getting you where you want to go. When you can think something, I'm so pretty and feel, and I'm smiling now. I mean, I know you can hear that. I'm smiling now, even thinking that. Like, it's it's kind of hilarious to think this thought in a good way. Like, not like, oh, that's laughable and ridiculous, but like, I can think this about myself? That's amazing. I love it. I love it. It's a really happy thought. That is what your new thought should feel like to you. When you can bubble up some real enthusiasm for your new thought, you are growing the roots that will keep that thought deep in your jaw for as long 
as possible. You guys, you guys, this might have been one of the most practical things we've ever talked about. I hope that it felt practical to you that that you can think new thoughts with new feelings and it'll stick. That's so awesome. <laughs> and even that thought right there, right? Like it's exciting. That's That might be a new thought that you practice simply that you can think new things. How about that? You guys, you know I want to know. What new things are you going to think? I totally want to hear what new thought you can attach to a nice, strong, positive emotion to get you where you want to go. Tell me about it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.